Hey everybody, hey, it's Danny. How y'all doing out there? What up, people? It's Drea with Spin the Bottle. Today we're talking about rest, restoration, and self-nurture as a major part of resistance. Um, So, you know, turn this up in your headphones. We might get into some serious ASMR vibes. It seems like a relaxing day in the studio. No, Danielle, it's not. Okay, it's not all naps and snacks and stuff over oh. here. Sorry. <laughs> so aggressive. Okay. <laughs> I did. I did lead. I know I might have no. set you off with it. <laughs> right. Sorry. Um, okay. What I'm trying to say is that we are going to be talking about rest as reparations and rest and restoration. Ooh. And if you're not ready for another art, resistance, right? Um, it's just a new a way of life that I've sort of been introduced to that allows all people, but especially black and brown people, to thrive in a world that really seeks to stifle our growth and who we are. Okay, that sounds like we are taking on a lot, but I am here for it. We have 40 minutes. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, we came out a little strong. But let's get to the word of the day, and then I think we'll all get it. Okay. So the word of the day is respite. It is a noun that means a short period of rest or relief from something difficult or unpleasant. In other words, I am finding lovely respite in my audible books. That's lovely. Thank I'm you. so glad that you're doing that. It's wonderful. I also feel like respite is such an old word. Like how oh, often do you use respite? Not often. Yeah, but it just kind of felt right. You no, know? it feels good. like it's, and like, it's also here's an R. a word. Yeah, it's so on. It's on like respite, resistance, reparations. Oh, okay, All right. So, in honor of today's episode, we are relaunching a spin that we had like what ages ago? Yes, snacks and naps. That's right. Two of my favorite things. Right. That's right. But we're not just going to talk to you about. The, about good food and quality sleep. These are things that I love. But this is more of a check-in moment to see how you are nourishing your mind, body, and soul. I've, I have always been a little bit obsessed with wellness and nutrition and things about just treating yourself well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk about it in terms of taking care of yourself, like really nourishing and giving yourself what you need. Um, I want to start by something that you said in our last episode about George Floyd. And you said that you purposely didn't watch the video. Yeah. And I didn't either, because to me, continuously exposing myself to that sort of violence felt violating to me. Um, And it felt traumatic. And I understand why some people did watch it. But now we're seeing so many images just constantly video pictures mm-hmm. what have you and people are purposely sharing this for the same reason that Emmett Till's mom shared the, right. the the pictures of the casket right mm-hmm. of his body um I just don't think it's good for us though I think that we have to give ourselves a few boundaries and to really start to respect the fact that the more we see these images the more desensitized we're going to be to what's actually happening I get it. It's shocking. And I do think that that video um, of George Floyd was really life changing for a lot of people. But, you know, we're embarking on activism like we never really have before. And we might be feeling like a little restless. We're experiencing some crazy pandemic influences that just, you know, also come into play with all of the racial inequities and the violence that's happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to encourage people to stop engaging with these videos as often as we do and really give yourself a break from like seeing people kill black bodies um, in videos of violence and even of like there's this whole account called like Karen's right and they're just oh, like yes. shouting racial slurs mm-hmm. and like those types of things on a daily and consistent basis can be so damaging to your psyche um, we also talked a little bit in our last episode about just like the fear that is sneaking up on us just in living our daily lives. 
And I honestly feel like some of that is from like all the things that we've been watching and that we've been engaging in. Um, You can still care and love black lives without consuming those images. And I think you can still be an activist without having seen everyone. And that's kind of my, that's my snack and my, my nap for you today. All (laughs) jewels. Thank you, Dan. Welcome. (laughs) Take care of yourself, Dan. Hey, Drea. It is about that time. Let's spin the bottle. Today, we are bursting out some new categories, which I'm really excited about. So again, listen carefully, guys. They're in there. What's good? An ode to black men we love. Aww. That'll preach exposing a painful moment in society Mm. or personal history and what we can take away from that moment. For nostalgia's sake, a quick moment to reminisce on the things that tickled our fancy back in the day. What 90s jam are you today? Nothing could quite express love or despair like a 90s (laughs) song, a 90s love song, no less. So we kind of feel like we can relate. Carefree Black Girl, our examination and appreciation of Black girls around the world living their best uninhibited lives. We salute you. Thank you for lighting the way. Let's spin that bottle. What What 90s 90s jam are you today? Okay. I'm excited. Fantastic. Okay. All I can hear in my head is Tony Braxton. (laughs) What do you hear? She's got lots of them. <laughs> Wait, what's the one? Oh, shoot. The one song where she's like in the white and she's. Like, Unbreak My Heart? No, no, no. Yes. Unbreak My Maybe she's in a white a lot. No, no, in no. In a white dress? In a pantsuit. And it was oh, like, you're Whoop. talking about dun, the. Dun, dun, you're making me dun. high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was a white pantsuit. That's the song I hear, but that's not how I feel today. How do you- <laughs> okay, thank you for sharing. <laughs> What is, is there another song you feel or did you just want to um, share the magnificent? Sorry for shouting in your ear. The I, national treasure <laughs> that is Tony Braxton. Uh, I think it's Almost Doesn't Count by Brandy. <sighs> okay. No so way. Did you chime in? Did you tune in? To oh, I thought you were going to say you felt the same. I definitely tuned in, okay? And who were you tr- rooting for? I bet you were rooting for Brandy. You know what? I can't root against uh, Monica. Who were you rooting for? Oh, Listen, you I don't. Monica too. Okay. I love Monica. I'm not yes. ever rooting for one against the other. Exactly. I appreciate what they did. But I do feel like historic, not historically, let me not like go there, but I don't feel like Monica has necessarily gotten her proper dues at different Mm. times and so I was very happy to hear that like she got to really display her music in a different way and she did some of that stuff when she was 12 and 13 years old like she is very very talented and not she had a pixie cut that Brandy isn't but Brandy was more she was more sheltered. She was more mainstream. She was more. She was actually. She was more, she was like, more out more there. nurtured in a way, in a different way, I guess. In a different way. Yeah. I mean, and then her way. godmother was who? Whitney Houston. Well, oh. That was in Cinderella. Like she. Only, yeah, 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 yeah. But I always know. made her her godmother in real sure. life. Sure. Sure. Why not? <laughs> in real life. Why not? And Brandy's amazing. I mean, Brandy is she Brandy, is, right? She was totally amazing. I mean, both of them. It was just amazing to hear all those songs. It was a good. It was good. It was a good time. Um, oh God, I'm going to be really cheesy Are you? with my nineties jam. Um, but wait, let me tell you why it almost doesn't count. Okay. Please. So yes, almost doesn't count. It's like, it's like, it's one of my favorite songs and it's about unrequited love and all that. But also I just always think about it. Like when you just, when you, you, when you, you've done some, but not quite enough. Like I'm just feeling that today and it's kind of sad. Almost doesn't count. Mm. You know? so true though it is it's like a little melancholy Mm. you want to you want you don't want to do it just enough you want to do the full thing you want to go full throttle almost doesn't count um but it's a nice song to listen to for sure it is and it's so funny we had we featured almost doesn't count way way back when we did our heartbreak playlist Mm. that was actually like one of the top ones yeah i mean that's more about love but still so good. I love that song. There was a time I listened to that song a lot. And um, 
Yeah, it was a sad time. <laughs> he just put it on repeat. What is yeah. that about sad music? Yeah. I just want to listen to this over and over. <laughs> it speaks to me. Okay, what 90s jam are you today? Oh, God, I'm going to be cheesy and, like, quasi-motivational. Oh, are you going to do Michelle? Michelle? Go, go ahead. Michelle. Something in my heart? <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> I never get that lady's name right. I'm so sorry. I'm going to do, this is a 1994 classic. It has some G-Wells in there. Okay, just tell me what and it is. And if you listen to it, it can be slightly motivational, okay. which would be You Gotta Be by Desiree. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I was thinking that, but I said the other girl. Just if you listen to it. Can you sing a little bit of it? First? I cannot. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. not. But there's some very good. You gotta be. You gotta be bad. You gotta be bold. You gotta be wiser. You gotta be hard. You gotta be tough. You gotta be stronger. You gotta be cool. You gotta be calm. You gotta stay together. Okay, just sing the all I know is. All I know, all I know. Love will save the day. Really? I'm not a singer. Yeah, I'm not a singer either. Listen to your mom. Listen to your dad. Read some good books. There's some good stuff in there. There's some good stuff in there. That's who you are today. You're feeling very motivational today. No, but it helps me to feel motivational, Motivational. if you will. I'll accept it. You see, you see what I mean. That's good. That goes that that counteracts my almost doesn't count vibe. Yeah. Aw, look at you. Listen as your day unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Try and keep your head the same hole. Is that how that phrase goes? Yin and yang. Two halves of the same hole? Yep. Yep. Okay. That's exactly it. It's going to be all right. And you could. Almost doesn't count, but you got to be. You got to be. All right, Danielle. Let's go ahead and dive right into the combo. Excited. <laughs> okay. Today we're talking about rest as reparations and as resistance. Um, and I think it's really good to start from a place of like where we've seen rest and how we've seen rest in our own lives. Maybe our struggles with sleep or our love for sleep, whatever. What's your current relationship or thoughts about sleep? Okay. So I have always been the kind of person who loves to sleep. It is something (laughs) that people know about me and, um, Sleep has been indicative of a lot of things in my life over time. Um, I sleep more when I am depressed. Mm -hmm. I am the type of person who, if I'm feeling very, very intense feelings, will literally just go lay down and go to sleep, Mm. (laughs) like, which isn't the best uh, way to handle things. I've learned healthier ways to deal with it. But there were definitely periods of my time where I was sleeping way too much. I've never had a problem falling asleep. Um, the newer kind of relationship I'm having with sleep is not so much as like escapist or not so much as like, I'm out of here, I'm annoyed, or I'm just, I'm bored, or (laughs) I would use sleep for a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, now really seeing sleep and let me not say sleep, but like proper rest. Cause you can be sleeping and not be getting good rest. So for me having like a sleep routine seeing it as a part of my self-care, understanding that good rest is restorative, that my brain is better when I wake up. Like there are all Mm -hmm. kinds of things that come with good sleep. And I can accredit that to one Ariana Huffington who wrote a book called Thrive. Mm -hmm. And um, in the intro she talks about, she, for those of you who don't know who she is, she is um, the CEO of the Huffington Post. And at one point in her life, she was just going so hard for so long and working such crazy hours and achieving amazing things, obviously had a very successful business, but like driving herself to exhaustion to the point where she passed out from exhaustion and like hit her face on a desk and broke her jaw. Like it was very serious what yeah. happened. Her body Every time just, you tell the story, I, I just look more shocked. Like that level of exhaustion where it's just like her, she passed out mm-hmm. because of exhaustion. Right. And, um, I've never been that tired, but I am the type of person who um, in some ways has had some ideas about sleep and about rest and what that means, Mm -hmm. wanting to be a performer, to kind of taking glory in that like, oh yeah, I'm just drinking coffee and staying up all night and working all day and then pulling an all-nighter, studying at night when I was trying to finish my degree or different things where it's like, and I'm thinking that that somehow makes me 
awesome and like right. I'm just such a hustler and mm-hmm. I'm grinding and that's just what's got to be done right and we kind of normalize that and it's like you're actually robbing your body of rest and restoration and so she has a lot of um, suggestions and things that she's worked around really incorporating rest as a major part of her life um, one being like sleeping completely in the dark or not having your phone like having no light mm-hmm. and not um, reading your phone right before you go to bed or picking your phone up if you wake up in in the middle of the night, screen time, yeah. like just things yeah. that we have to prepare our body for rest and teach our body what that means and coming up kind of with your own nighttime rituals. So I have like lavender tea and I try <laughs> to kind of zen it out. And if I have to have some type of stimulation, I'll listen to sounds like rain sounds or things like that, that are not me just watching TV till I fall asleep and then waking right. up to the blue light or being on my phone. Um, sleeping in a cooler room. Like I've just kind of learned what works for me and have really found um, that I feel sharper. I feel better. I eat less. There's like a lot of different, um, I don't know, kind of pluses that have come with me learning how to like sleep well and rest. Mm -hmm. And so my relationship has really changed from being more escapist um, with some difficult times in my life and me really thinking of it just like, I need sleep. We all need sleep and we need good rest. And it is a part of helping us ultimately thrive. Like you're not nailing it if you're. Is that the name of the book? Thrive. Thrive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not nailing it if you're like making it on three and four hours of sleep. Like that's not a sustainable practice. And you're not at your best. You're just not. Whether or not you think you are. And some people think they are. And I wonder if they are, but it just sounds like completely undoable. Three and four hours of sleep. Let me. I'll just say not me. Yeah, right. I'll just say not me. And no, I've done yeah, many but, you and know, all some nighter. Some people thrive. They're like, I always sleep this many times. But it's like you can, is that thriving though? Like is your body doing well? Are you cataloging the with memories? What you need? Is your brain? About, yeah, yeah. With you what need they rest, say right? about what your body does while you're sleeping. You need it. doesn't it. seem like three hours. Because I've pulled all nighters and I got my degree doing that. So I could say, oh, I did all right. Like, but I wasn't at my got best. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like no, you can achieve it. things or be at work and working 12 and 16 hour days and be mm-hmm. bragging about that and be productive. But there's a lot more to what it means to thrive and be in balance with yourself. Right. So I would challenge I really, that. really identify with your using sleep as a escape route are um is therapy almost Mm -hmm. and I think that happened a lot to me when I was a kid and I would just like try to escape whatever um experiences I was having whatever instability or like trauma that was happening I would go to sleep and it's sleep and depression are also linked yes very closely but in this case we're talking a little we're going to talk about sleep but really about like what it means to have really restorative rest um what my relationship when I really started thinking about sleep and like and my sleeping habits is like in college I just took really long naps and um I was overextended and I really had no concept of how to care for myself or manage my time really well I thought I was doing well but my grandpa used to say have you ever heard of burning the candle at both ends Mm -hmm. and I'd be like yeah yeah whatever but I remember one time going to a friend's house in Chicago for maybe it was Thanksgiving or some sort of holiday. And I slept so much that they thought I was sick. Mm. And they kept asking her like, and me, like, how are you, are you feeling okay? And they also thought, I, they were like, is she pregnant? Is she mm-hmm. sick? They just weren't, I don't know. I was just really, really tired. Um, and then knowing what I know about my body now, chances are that I was anemic. <laughs> oh, we both. Cause now I re- yes. like, I learned that yes. right recently. I had poor nutrition. I definitely wasn't eating the way I eat now. And I wasn't, I was burning the entire candle while taking jello shots and like legitimately just not taking great care of myself. Um, I was also working like two to three jobs at all times. I'm just trying to keep like trying not to be a burden at home. So college was like, I, towards the end of my uh, senior year, I was just really ready to be done. I just overextended myself. I kind of went in high school. I didn't do a ton of things, a ton of activities. And I kind of went really hard in college and tried to do like all, all things. And yeah. And I fell on my face more than, more than a few times. Um, so I guess like what's new for me is the rest is resistance. 
rest and sleep as resistance. And this concept was introduced to me by um, Trisha Hershey. She's the creator of the NAP ministry. She's called called herself Love the Bishop of Naps, I think. Um, and she had this crazy, she had an experience a little bit like Ariana Huffington, but she was, um, I believe this was like a t- the, around the time that like Trayvon Martin was killed and like Black Lives Matter was starting to rise up. She was also like in seminary at the time. She was just kind of going through a lot and she was crazy overextended. And she just said she just started sleeping like all over campus. Like she was just mm. always sleeping. And I can't quite tell if she was doing it on purpose at the time or if she was like because she just needed the rest um, or if she was like falling asleep. But she said one of her favorite places to nap was um, in one of the chapels there. Mm. Um, and she would just it was then she started to realize that she needed to kind of break away from like that grinding sort of culture and knew knew she knew that she needed um, better rest mm-hmm. and she needed deep rest and restorative rest rest. Um, so she just kind of came to the she came to the conclusion that rest was a form of reparations and sleep deprivation was an issue of racial and social justice. So it wasn't just um, personal, it was political. Mm. She makes this connection between our ancestors and how hard they worked and how they were deprived of sleep and how if they were deprived of sleep and they used their bodies, um, so they were just used up, right? Just like frivolously and just completely and with no regard to who they were as human beings. And um, if they couldn't rest, then we definitely should in honor of them. So I just kind of, I just really love that image and that picture of rest as resistance. Yeah. And it's like, it's not just personal. It's, it's political. That's a really interesting kind of call out and point. Basically she's saying we're reclaiming our time and our bodies, which is really important. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's important. Yeah. Um, And we're framing it around black and brown liberation but if you think about it, and you pointed it out just by using Ariana Huffington's example, like the American dream is sort of built on this imaginary equation of working yourself to the bone to get ahead. You know, you call it the grind, like you mentioned, or the rat race. Um, and we're all crazily influenced by it. It's all connected to capitalism. Um, and there is stigmas attached to people who rest or who take the, like I, the first the company I work for now, I've been there almost 10 years and they are very serious about you taking your vacation. But Uh every company I've worked at before, it was frowned upon. Like I taking consecutive days off was frowned upon Mm -hmm. Um, saying like, there was no, I'm taking a week off. And if you were, it was kind of like, you're a slacker. Like that was the overall kind of feeling like, Mm -hmm you think you just have time to be on vacation? Like, there's not, <laughs> you know, like there's not stuff to be doing. Never very, mind that that was part of your benefit package. Or never mind. Of that. Yeah. Never mind. Like very big part of corporate culture um, in, in the industry I was working at finance and real estate and all that. It's like, mm-hmm. there is no rest. There is no rest. Like, um, and having that mental shift where it's like, no, 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 you must take vacation. <laughs> no, where I work is like, you must take your vacation. You have personal days. You need to take your personal days and you have to break away because what people are realizing is, and there's all kinds of studies and things, but it's like productivity is compromised. <laughs> like sure. it's, It just is. You don't get the best ideas. You're not as creative. You're not as present when you are just, we, we are not robots and we require balance and rest in right. addition to productivity, you know? Right. So- yeah, and I feel like that takes some major unlearning to do, right? Yes. We have to really unlearn what we know about taking vacations or what people perceive as laziness, mm-hmm. um, even about what we think is self-care and just being open to like simpler, less expensive ways to like tend to ourselves. Yeah. And really, um, it's really challenging when you're surrounded by an environment that doesn't really support that. Yes. Sort of thing and that kind of growth. Um, But it's not impossible. So I think our point in having this conversation is to help other people become the outliers in their group. That's right. Because like you said, when you're in a organization that doesn't value self-care or doesn't value rest in that way and expects you to, you know, pick up the phone at nine o'clock or 
or mm-hmm. answer that email at 6 a.m. Like that, it can be really hard to break out of that. And I will say tying this into a little bit of a different point, um, but it's all related. That idea that so many black people have, so many brown people have at work. Um, maybe even if you're a woman, like, but I can speak from where it's like, you got to You have to do twice as much to yep. get just as far or yes. you have to show up and be yes. a stellar knock it out of the park achiever all the time. So your coworkers may be able to do that, but that's not that's not for you. That's right? not for you. And so even divorcing yourself and breaking away from that idea that like somehow you have to be on. And I say that with air quotes, but like 100 percent of the time. And so that means if I'm working till 10 o'clock at midnight and I'm not taking my vacation and that may that you have to be the best. And And this is what it looks like to be the best. Yeah. Right. Like that idea in our head that says like, no, if you're you know what I mean? It's it's very pervasive and it's Mm. very real. Um, It's very real. And I like take it one step further. Our parents taught us that. And I think they were right in teaching us that like that those were survival techniques that they knew that we had to to have in order to succeed in the world so that we can have our own piece of what was in the American dream. And I'm using air quotes now too. Yeah. Yeah. And they were giving us those techniques because they understood just how oppressive our oppressor was. They understood system systemic racism. They understood what it was to not be allowed to succeed in certain um, in certain areas. And so they told us what we had to do. And what we had to do was work harder than everybody else just to get, but here's the thing, just to get halfway to the, fin- to get, yeah. to the finish line or just to, to yeah. even be acknowledged as an equal. And I think that with these current times, the message for the melanated, as I was thinking for today, is that we have achieved certain freedoms um, like never before, like our ancestors. I love those shirts that say like we are ancestors greatest dreams mm-hmm. because I think we can start to shed some of those survival techniques and pick up new ones. Um, things have just changed. Like you can, you have jobs that are available that nobody would have ever imagined. That's right. You know, That's in right. the 60s and the 50s and the 30s, like no one would have ever imagined. And I think that we have to start to, to shift just how we show up in the world. Um we can't prove our worth with our work. Yeah. Like capitalism doesn't love us. They don't love us. We have to stop trying to make them love us. And we really, I think that. Capitalism doesn't, capitalism doesn't love most people. <laughs> most people. <laughs> Let's just it's, say, No, there's, like, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But I'm especially talking to black and brown people like this. We, here's the problem. And I've seen it a lot and say with successful women and, and men we can become crazily unhealthy in order to prove ourselves at work. Like literally whenever I was trying to achieve something at work, my workouts were the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. I like didn't prepare my meals in advance. Mm-hmm. I ate whenever, whatever I could. And to have success, I needed what was ever quick and fast. And it never, it didn't occur to me that like health, wellness, like all of that is part of my success. That's it was correct. like literally the first sacrifice to go because I didn't have time for it. And I was trying to achieve something at work. And now it's like, I'm learning again that that's not true. Actually, the healthier I am, the better I am. The more rest I get, the more productive I can be. That's right. And I think, so COVID-19 has has placed a really interesting margin in our lives, like all of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are different stressors, but I think it's important to say that we have been given the gift in some ways of being able to think about how we spend our time Uh a little differently and what we do, like making a living. And like you said, being successful, I think we are learning now that we are here Mm -hmm. in this particular environment. That's not everything. Like it's, it simply isn't everything. That is true. It's just not right. right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, you talked about, um, your nutrition, your workouts were the first thing to go. I know for me, um, my time with my husband is quality time with my family, with my friends, um, maybe faking on commitments. Cause it's like, Oh, I have to do this paper. I have to do this. I have to do that. Or I'm working all night and I don't have the energy. So I need to sleep because I've over, you know, you don't realize how in this idea 
of what it means to be successful, if you take yourself and your well-being out of it, it's not, it is not success. Even, even if you are the CEO of Fortune 500 company, it's like if you don't have balance or rest or nutrition or you, you know, you read the, the upper echelons of whatever your personal goal is, mm-hmm. if you are not well, it's not, it's, that's not the full formula of success. And I think we are learning in a little bit of a different way. Like, okay, wait. Why do I want to do that? <laughs> what did I, What's what story my, what did I tell? What values, is my motivation? Right? What are the values going back to What's that, right? What's my priority? What, yep. is, what is my priority? And I yeah. think we're in a really interesting time where we're getting to like see that a little differently. So like community is really important to me right now and my family. And like you said, getting out of, like getting out of debt. So that's not necessarily like a vertical increase. Like this is the next thing and this is the next thing. Right. It's how are things in my home? <laughs> does this house feel like a home? Let's do some redecorating. You know what I mean? They're just different ideas. And I think um, our ideas about success really are in an interesting time right now because we can challenge some of the preconceived notions that we have. Yeah, had. the things that we've sort of just kind of taken for granted and just jumped into. Sure. Um, and especially even that idea of like laziness. Because it's like if you're sleeping, there's this idea that you're lazy. Right. If you're taking a nap, it's like lazy. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is a black or brown person you want to appear is lazy. Like we know that that is a pervasive stereotype, right? It's like a lot of things that I think you don't think about, but are indoctrinated right? and how we respond to those things. Another thing that Trisha Hershey says is there is deep power in taking a break, honoring your body and actively participating in your deprogramming from grind culture. We have Mm. been brainwashed to be violent towards our own bodies by pushing them to exhaustion. So honestly, what that means is like we have to recognize we have the freedom to define our worth, right? Um, and we don't have to participate in the world, in the culture, no. in society, whatever you want to call it, in the same way that everybody else does. I think that, as you mentioned, like the rules have changed, our values have changed, and we have to, if we want to thrive, we have to change with it. That's right. Um, we can still win. And be rested. We can still run a successful business, have a healthy body. Like those are things that are very possible. And we just have to change our paradigm a little bit. Um, I think you also made the point that like napping, like you said, napping was kind of perceived as laziness. Right. Um, I think it's important to say like napping is it's important, but it's also not the only part. No. Right. Like we're talking about sleep and rest mm-hmm. and, and taking a nap. And I think it's it's super important to start changing the way we because I do sometimes feel bad. Like if I have to take a nap, I'm like, oh, OK, only 10 minutes, only only five minutes. Um, and maybe I might need more that day. Um, but something about it makes me feel like I'm not doing the most. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not the entire plan. Like nourishment means that you are doing everything that you can do, whether that's like therapy whether that's good food whether it's like a nap or time with the people that you love as you you mentioned right that's restorative so if it's life-giving then that's what you want to focus on right that's right um because capitalism um people would have you like run yourself into the ground yes for For the sake of what yeah, and, and that's like, what, for what, and that's the COVID. That's like what COVID nineteen, the, the awakening, mm-hmm. the apocalypse of COVID nineteen. Like it's it's showing us that our values maybe aren't the what the best values, or maybe they're not what we thought they were, or necessarily the values that will help us to thrive in the way that we hope. That's right? Because that's that's really what we're all talking about here, right? I mean, yeah. it's like even in this success or these ideas of this grind and the American dream, like all of these words and these things that we say, but it's like, what are we really what trying are we really to saying? get to? Yeah. You know, we We're, don't want to worry about paying our bills, right? We want our families to be able to have needs and some of our wants covered. We want to not think about things and worry, but it's like, you need relationships. We have to do life with each other. Right. You need strong social. So if you're a millionaire or a bajillionaire and you have no social circle or you have no rest, it's like how many times have we seen people who are filthy rich or the most accomplished people in the world and they're depressed or they're down or they're isolated or it's it's just not the only thing. And You're capitalism, that's the problem with capitalism is capitalism makes you believe that the only thing is like achievement and making money. 
It's right. like that is the thing. That is that the is goal. The thing. Right. But then you get there. Jim Carrey had a good quote about this. This is a random pivot, but he had a quote <laughs> and it was something to the tune of because he always he said early in his career he had like written his a check his first check and put it in his pocket and put it in his pocket right yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. like 10 or 20 million dollars yeah. and at that time that was outrageous for an actor to get mm-hmm. anyways he got it and he said later that he's like I wish everybody could have the experience because at one point he was the highest paid actor I think or something like that and he said I wish everyone could have the experience of making 10 or 20 million dollars to realize that that is not, he said that was one of the most depressing times of his life is once he actually achieved that mm. goal. And he's like, oh, okay, I've got the 20 million. Now, now what? what else do I have? Now what else do I have? Yeah. And so COVID, the gift that COVID has given, at least is a little bit of a different perspective on such things. It's a forced, like, slow down, reckoning back to like the home you're in, the family you're in, yeah. the financial state you're in, the Ooh. health you're in, Ooh. the mindset you're in, all of those things we're being forced to deal with. And so, listen, be an achiever by all means. Like, right. be, you know, me. And we're not goals. saying don't start a business. No. That's not it. No. Like, you can do Just you. don't have a heart attack or give up on your health or pass out due to exhaustion to start a business, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. don't don't it's it's in some way it's like brutalizing yourself in your body to yeah. achieve a goal and that's not it's not a win guys that's that's not a win it's not a win <laughs> that's no. not how you want to win yeah we began this conversation with rest as resistance because of the current climate like what we're going through and people are finding themselves like even in these times mentally and physically exhausted from like yeah um from what like zoom constant zoom calls Right. That got overwhelming. It got overwhelming very quick, quick, quick. Because we didn't know, you know, working from home is a new concept and we didn't really know how to do it if you weren't already working from home. And so that was something we had to get used to. But I mean, people are also exhausted. You're exhausted from like we were talking about before, all the images that you're seeing on the Internet that are just damaging to your psyche. We're talking about organizing, talking about marching. Right. that's another protest. added part of another part that yeah you remember an- this when i was talking to you and i'm like what do i do i have to march you remember what this thing I do? Right, right, what right. should i do how do i do it what are the things here's my concerns mm-hmm. like like right wanting to be a part mm-hmm. also trying to figure out what that looks like that's an added you yeah. know bonus for people and this is a little bit of a pivot but still people who are at home who are now homeschooling kids and now like taking on more than they ever have no you're right it's, it makes the point like everyone is exhausted and then everyone's sort of like pretending like they're not exhausted which i think is the crazy part like you're bragging about the hustle you're crying yourselves into insomnia i know because that's what i've done as have i Do you know I think you and I just started having, and I think some of that was like autopilot. Like for a minute, it's mm-hmm. just like we had so much to do, right? We're working full time. So confused about it. Like, working full time. You're so starting a business. My husband's starting a business. Yeah. We had, we became college professors. Like there was a lot of stuff that was happening. We're in quarantine, all of it. And then we just hit a like. Yes, college professors. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen. That's and a so, perspective. All of that happens. And then it's like, all of a sudden, I was getting a little stir crazy. But I had like a delayed reaction and I hit a bit of a wall where it's like, seemingly I'm at home. I don't feel like I'm doing so much more, but I am. And I'm not taking into account the fact that my brain is moving in so many different directions. And, and people the trauma don't that we take see that into the, account. They don't take into yes. account the impact of mental, I don't know what you would call it, mental gymnastics that we go through every day. Yeah. Every day, every day. Yeah. So different, different calls and different needs. Um, I think that in this time for us all. Yeah. And I, I think that we're having this conversation about rest as resistance because the practice of rest is a way to buck the system, to reserve some of your own energy, to give you new energy and perspective and much needed boundaries is so needed during a time where it almost seems like, bound, you know, it's in the same way that our boundaries have increased like our proximity boundaries have increased we're so much more connected through like social media Mm -hmm. um, and technology and being that connected with no 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 boundaries of any kind can really start to weigh on you as well um so like don't neglect 
your mind as part of what needs to rest, right? It's not That's just right. your body, it's also your mind. That's right. It's also your body. And you can't be ready for battle if you're exhausted. Nope. Right? You can't re- you can't be part of the fight, part of the resistance, um, part of the protest. You can't like be part of the organizing if you're tired. Tired. Um nor can you and even if you are, it's like you're not showing up at your best. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's been a thing I've kind of shamed myself for a little bit recently and have been really working on where it's like, and then it's like, I'm drudging through things and everything feels like it's hard and I don't want to do it because I'm tired. And then, so how can I show up in power and say, okay, this is my resistance and this is my idea about how to do it or even do something creative with you or at work or anything when it's just like, oh, the next thing to do. Oh my God. Okay. And then I'm behind on this and oh my goodness. And then I'm going to let down. It's just like, that's, that's not, that's not a way. It's not a way to be great. That's not how you be great. It's not a way to be great. You know, so even those moments where it's like, oh, I showed up, but I showed up and gave like a D effort or a C effort. That never feels good because I'm tired. Because I'm tired. Because I put too much on my plate or I've added too many causes or I'm just completely at capacity, right? Like yeah. it's okay to figure, we, we talked about this a little earlier in our other episode, but reprioritizing. And that also means, and you and I have had this very serious conversation where it's like, okay, now what do we let go? Now that we've reprioritized, what do we let go? Yeah, reprioritizing doesn't mean you just like rearrange things on the schedule. It means that something has to fall off. I'm saying this to myself, to be honest with you. Um, One more thing before before we wrap up is I think that there's also been this pressure to produce during this season like never before. It's because you've gotten, you know, maybe time at home or... Maybe you've, I mean, maybe you've lost your job or you, yeah, you've been furloughed. Um, Just this pressure to produce under COVID-19, like people were baking bread and people were, I don't know, making foam. I don't know what else people were doing, but there was just like this crazy amount of activity. And I even felt like, oh, I should use this time for, to produce, to like learn a new language, to do, like, I didn't lose my job. I wasn't furloughed. (laughs) I don't know where my extra time was coming from. But for some reason, I was like, yes, I also. While need, we're home. While I'm home, right? Home, fully working a full-time job. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I felt that pressure. Um, and it took, and that's when I was first introduced to the NAP ministry. And I was just like, wait, you know, she had some posts like, yeah, you actually don't need to do anything during this stay-at-home season. That was really helpful for me. Sometimes you just have to see and hear those things. Um you just have to before you can start to before a switch turns on in your head and just like, oh, wait, uh, I'm playing into this like grind culture mm-hmm. that doesn't truly serve me. Mm-hmm. And I just really want to show people that there's a way to succeed. Um, and it's not lazy because I if I choose not to sleep and work while everybody else is sleeping, like I don't I want to f- achieve in a way that can people can follow and say, OK, yeah, I don't have to like lose my health, lose my wealth, lose my relationships to build something successful. That's right. That's kind of my goal. That's right. That's our goal. Just want to wrap it up with one quick little anecdote. And I had to Google around to make sure this was true. But did you know that when Martin Luther King was killed, I don't like to say he he died, when Martin Luther King was killed and they did the autopsy, the coroner said that he had, he was 37 when he died, but he had the heart of a 60-year-old. And so some medical professionals think that that's because of all the stress that he endured um and then there was this really uh trisha shared an image of all of these um during the 60s all these freedom writers they were like napping together in a church they were all like laid out in the pews just resting like sleeping because they were tired and that was hard work yeah and that protest i think lasted I don't want to get it wrong, but uh, it was like 37 days. It was long. It was a long time. And I just think about like the effort that our, I call them our ancestors. I know the ancestors feels old, but they are, we are connected to them. They gave so much of themselves um, to fight for the freedoms we have now. One of the first things I want people to, to recognize is rest is not something that our ancestors got to enjoy. I'm talking Mm. about from slavery through the, right. 
And, and so for us to enjoy our rest, to take care of our bodies in ways that they just couldn't take care of their bodies, like that in itself is resistance. And that is um, take it, that is power. And rest is not lazy, you know, it's restorative. Mm-hmm. There, de- I mean, they're definitely, like laziness exists, we know, but to rest and like take care of yourself, that should not be equated with laziness. Um, rest is necessary for any revolution. I think that's what I got from that image of those freedom riders sort of laying in the pews. Like they needed to do that. They went through some crazy training. You've seen those images of John Lewis, like people yelling in his face as practice, like just shouting insults and just like, if you, if you can't rest, um, and you have to endure that and the real thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then rest is not the complete prescription for your nourishment plan we are saying that you must rest you have to find ways to and there are multiple ways of rest we're not just talking about sleep but there's multiple ways of just like taking a moment for yourself um it's not the only part of your plan you got to combine it with some other things you got to like really do a deep dive on yourself and figure out what you need um we briefly touched on like our past just, you know, dealing with traumatic events or things that were really painful by sleeping. Uh, therapy. Wouldn't so recommend like, that. Wouldn't yeah, recommend therapy, therapy helped much more. I but, went. That I will say, which was in- really interesting about that, Dee, I was, when I was reading about this, um, there, are, there are reports that show that rest does support traumatic events in a sense of like if you've experienced something that was really life-changing or traumatic and then you sleep, you start to remember it less traumatically. Mm. I don't know if that's not yeah. grammatically correct, but... Well, I do um, know your brain processes trauma. It helps to sleeping. process mm-hmm. yeah, while you're sleeping, and so it makes it just a little bit less traumatic than if you hadn't slept at all. Um, so I think that in a way, that's our bodies taking care of us. But again, therapy. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of... I actually didn't learn that about myself until I went to therapy. Like, oh, yeah, I did used to sleep a lot. And no, I, was I was depressed. <laughs> I was probably depressed. Um, so, yeah. Get some rest, peoples. Take a moment. Stop feeling every moment. Build margin into your life so that you can um, enjoy enjoy your life, you know? And so that yes. you can accomplish what you want to accomplish. I'm not saying, like, don't set goals and just, like, lay around in the grass. But it's also enjoyable to, also to, enjoyable. to lead a life where you're not, like, running from one thing to the and next thing. And it's fun to have people and lovely relationships and... A strong body when you get there. That's that's a Facts. Fact. Okay, guys, if you have any thoughts or feedback about our discussion, we would love to hear from you. And we are really friendly. We love we to engage really with friendly. you. We promise we'll write back. So shout us a holler at hello at DD Spin the Bottle. Okay, guys. One more time. Are you ready? So ready. Let's do it. Recent revelations. <laughs> Is that good, Jared? Okay. He's happy about it. We have a bona fide vocalist nodding his head. I feel good about it. <laughs> What's your recent revelation? Okay, this is not going to be deep. Okay. I don't like going to Target anymore. What? What I happened? Why? Like, with all of the changes and like the, I, I guess, I don't know what to call them. I just call them COVID restrictions or PPE or protective. Like the lines are incredibly long. It is no longer enjoyable to me to walk through the aisles of Target and like pick up a candle or like, you know, look for sheets or anything really. Like I just don't love it. I'm done. I'm the be- lines wrap around. They like there's one, there's two very long lines. I'm talking about the one that I like to go to. Which one two do you very, go to? The one on Victory. Okay. Two That's very long lines, lines, and they move. They don't move bad, badly, but like when you you get up to the front and someone directs you to a certain area, you have to stand six feet apart. It's just like not fun. Sorry, Target. I have to be honest. Um, this has saved my budget in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because I won't do the lines. Um, I used to go into Target for Q-tips and come out spending $400. Like that is what Target would do to me. Yeah. And so I, I find it has been much more friendly on my budget 
because I just won't do it. Yeah, no. Anymore. Like, I, don't, I won't do it. I shop for necessities when I have to go. And now they have shipping, girl. I don't know if you... People. I don't like to shop. Target. I don't love Target sh- online shopping. I don't know why. It's not my favorite. I don't do the online shopping, but if it's it. necessities, you need. Yeah, like yeah, if it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. if you're shopping, see... Oh, Target I see what you're you saying. You're saying like you can you can put in your necessities and you're done. Done. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, and it's at your doorstep. I see. Yeah, no lines. Nope, it's you done. Know? And you're right. It has saved me a great deal of money. But I feel you. It's not so fun. I'm done with it. It's really not so fun. I'm done with most shopping that I don't really enjoy it anymore. Isn't that interesting? It's just the the changes are not like I get stressed when I go to the store now. Well, it's it's stressful. Yeah, it's stressful. How about you? Recent revelation. You know, um, I would have to say <laughs> my recent revelation is, and this is weird, but it's just kind of piggybacking on the restorative, this thing. I really need to figure out a way to get meal planning down a little better. You've been helpful with this, but I'm really struggling with it. I don't really know how to... It seems that when I grocery shop, I end up throwing away a lot of stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? At the Mm -hmm. end of the week. I don't know if I need to make more frequent trips. I just got to figure it out. I just feel Mm -hmm. so bad. Like I walked out of the house and my husband was eating cereal for dinner. And I felt bad. It was just a moment. Maybe that was a choice he made. No, there was no food. Do you know what I mean? And it was just like, or there was food, but not really. You know how that's like we have things. Oh, because you have to make everything. But not, no, it's just not enough for dishes, for complete dishes. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time. I'm a snacker and a grazer. I don't, exactly. Where it's like, oh, I could have done this, but we don't have no eggs. Or we could have done pasta, (laughs) but we don't got the sauce. Or (laughs) just like (laughs) planning. So I'm really trying to do a better job because we're eating much more cooked food and because because of covid and the changes that have happened i want to get better at meal planning you've been kind of helpful with this and you guys have got it down is it kind of underscore meaning you've helped me with recipe ideas and things but it's like i gotta i have to designate the time yeah yeah it's totally i haven't nailed it i just haven't nailed it yet so get there my recent revelation is like that needs to be a priority it was certainly help with your time yeah we to spend, be able to go in the way fridge. less time in the kitchen during the week if we have properly prepped. And see, with me, because we're working and all of this, it's like at the end of the day, I always think, oh, I'll cook when I get off. I'll just make something really quick when I get off. And the last Girl, thing I want to do, do, do that. is cook when I get off. I know. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try to be great. Good food is restorative, right? So, I it's got to be a priority. So. That's I my recent revelation. Well, fellas and ladies, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave a review for us and share it with a friend. We're sure they would love to hear about rest as restoration, reparations, and resistance. Mm. Alliteration. I love alliteration. It's been real, y'all. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Thanks for listening. As always, thank you to our engineer, the man, the myth, the legend, one Jared Johnson, who makes us sound so lovely. Hashtag so top light. Top light. <laughs> and mamas, we thank you. And listeners, we thank you for tuning in. We hope you are enjoying these episodes. Uh, take a shout out to Howard. Johnson, Johnson Taylor. Taylor out.